John Travolta in it? No. Do you remember the show that we used to watch? Was it on Sci-Fi? That uh-huh. was the makeup special effects show. Mm-hmm. And we watched that thing all the time. Like it was, it was a sad day in this house when that when they took that off the air. Very unceremoniously, too. By the way, it was just kind of like, and this is our last episode ever. It was yeah. very sad. I feel like that's how they do a lot of uh, uh, cable series shows mm. so that they can keep running them in perpetuity without you ever really knowing that it ever came to an end. Mm. You're like, wait a minute, did that end? Oh, it did. Oh, it did. Okay. Yeah, yeah but you don't ever know because you're years down the road. But that's one of the things we loved about The Mandalorian, right? Well, I've loved special effects and special effects makeup since I was a kid. Um, I I was obsessed with how movies were made and the things that they would do, camera tricks and makeup effects to enhance their story. Um, And like, I think I, like a lot of kids my age, we we were fascinated by the making of movies. Yeah. Uh, Now that we've moved into a more modern age, a lot of stuff is uh, digitally done. It is. It's, easier in some ways uh cheaper in a lot of ways to do a lot of things digitally uh so when you do see something that has been made physically to be on a set it's always just slightly better to me yeah yeah definitely. they can do great things with computers but having something actually there makes a world of difference for both i think the performer and for the audience yeah, even if it's um, even if it's not well done, sometimes I like it better when it's real when it's live. Like, sure. Sometimes when you can tell that it's still on a stage. Uh, well, in um, the Greatest Showman, we talk about it all the time. But the backdrops that were hand painted back there, mm-hmm. when you watch the movie, I had no idea that's what we were actually seeing. But then right. to find out that's how they came up with it, you're like, that's why it looks so good. Yeah. You could just tell that it, there was a different artistic nature to it yeah um, and that is one of the things i love about real life practical effects as yeah. opposed to you know the digital stuff that we see all the time mm-hmm. um it's almost depressing to see some of the shows made nowadays that are all done on green screen everything yeah everything is literally just green screen the stairs Nothing's will be real yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's just piles of wood with yeah. green screens strapped all over it yeah. yeah well and like you said that's the great thing about the mandalorian is they are filming it almost like a like a tv show from the 90s where they're like okay we can we can maybe plus some things that here and there but overall we want to have something there yeah so they're building sets they're building terrain they are building creatures and armors and all these things you know it is it's very it's like a feast for the eyes to watch 
And I think a lot of people are probably getting a nostalgic feeling towards it because that's how the original Star Wars was. The yeah. original trilogy was very prop heavy and obviously. I mean, they they did everything physically outside of a couple uh after effects that industrial yeah. light and magic put on <laughs> this is the thing about a star wars movie too if it's not those big square plastic buttons that light up from underneath right. then it's not a star wars movie like those are required to be there in all shows no matter what yeah it almost got too glossy in the in the sequels that they've done they've made it too modern i think so yeah. i think something that we all really liked is that that 80s version of what the future was going to look like Right. With the with the big like old IBM computer screens <laughs> and like like real, you said, the real the technology going on behind you. buttons that click uh, and thing, you know. That's how we thought the future was going to be in the eighties. We're like, oh, we're gonna be flying through space in a you know, in a nineteen nineties computer basically. Right. And so, obviously not, but pretty close. That is that is the image of Star Wars that I think a lot of people cling to. Well, and the fun thing about Star Wars, uh, especially th with it with Mandalorian now, when mm -hmm. they're filming that, um, I think you and I talked about it quite a bit too. That they're not using green screens in the back; right. they're using enormous, over-the-top LED wraparound screens. Yeah, and um, some of them are like almost full 360s. Other ones are just partial backdrops, and and literally, it's interesting to watch photos from. Uh, that were taken on set. Mm. I don't know if you've seen any of these or not. Have you seen them? I don't think so. They look incredible because it it's literally everybody in the movie mm -hmm. sitting there on this scene. Because um, when we were watching the movie, when we were watching the, the show, uh -huh. I was going through and thinking to myself, like, how much of this is real? What is CGI? I know that they're adding stuff in later. Mm -hmm. like, But then I knew about the technology. So it was interesting to like watch how they were. But yeah, no, literally, it's just like, mando sitting there in the dirt like with all the props around and with the screen behind him and then just like um all the other people there checking lights and different things right. around him and you're like whoa like that looks crazy to see that it's a fully realized set one way or the other it's a very unique way of making a movie i've i've personally i've not seen anything before this that did this yeah, I really feel like it's the first time that it's been done. Actually, that's what a lot of the people are saying. They're oh, okay. saying that it's like it's the new technology that replaces green screen. Um, yeah, and there's. I mean, it does require. Um, I'm sure different concessions. You have to have things already made. There's not a lot to be done in post. If you've, yeah. you know, if you need that environment, you need it before you start. Obviously. Um, but I, I think it's an, an interesting way of doing it that, like you said, does eliminate the green screen type of setup. Yeah, and I didn't realize how hard it was to go back and replace out the green screen and make it look authentic and real and how difficult it was for people. Mm. They, apparently, it is quite hard to get it right and to get it clear up to the edge. And sometimes you'll see like pieces of their hair disappearing into the background. Right. Feathers are a really big one that you can, if you can't see through the feathers, then that doesn't look real. And then now with, you know, high definition, like we just keep getting higher and higher definition televisions that right. when stuff like that starts dropping out, then you quickly go, hmm, I don't know if that's real. Right. Not to mention that you have to light green screens pretty brightly so that the color is consistent for oh, you to take yeah. out. So a lot of times there's a weird glow that comes off the green screen that you have to 
take off the people that are performing and change lighting and you know oh that's interesting it is a it is a it you know people used to think that computers would take away a lot of jobs in the industry which in fairness they have but they also created a whole list of new jobs that have to be done to make it continue to function and because we as a consumer are so savvy to what they're doing on a general basis yeah they have to continually up their game to have have us continue to suspend disbelief to, for to watch the show yeah. you know what i mean yeah totally true it reminds me a little bit of my 92 year old aunt i would go visit her and she would say do you have many typists down in that type pool of yours and i was like <laughs> what are you talking about what a typist no i like i type a little bit oh okay so you put those papers in your briefcase and bring them home each night and i was like <laughs> <laughs> so it feels a little bit like this is obviously what movie making is in a lot of ways it's yeah. like jobs change and evolve and become different things and things become different but it doesn't mean that there's i mean yeah there's different jobs in different areas and probably less overall but overall production continues to go up and up in cost and mm. it makes more money you know cost more money to produce so um, there are getting people. There are people that are getting paid for it. Yeah. Um, with the screen, some of the ways that they do it, they have what they call the brain bar during the show when they're making the Mandalorian. Okay. So they have the brain bar, which is just like a bunch of animators or, or graphic designers and different things that are sitting there, like on a um, complete two benches of uh, people with computers, and they're co constantly changing the graphics behind them hmm. and correcting them and doing color corrections and different things. Huh. to make sure that it fits properly so they're literally on the fly sitting there while filming and um they'll if something has to change or if they decide to change something then they're like okay you get four minutes to get it fixed okay moving on Jeez. <laughs> can you imagine like the pressure of it they're like the uh they've talked about how much stress there is behind the scenes of or you know but they also say that it's easier than going back and changing out the green screen mm. well the great thing about star wars is that it has such a passionate group of people that will do anything to work on it yeah that's true and so you get really really high-end animators directors actors musicians that want to work on star wars it's true you know? so i'm sure while it is high pressure and a lot of work those people are ecstatic to be working on the Mandalorian. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I, totally. I, I, I would, I can imagine it's like the job that the, the dream come true, the dream job, right? the dream come true type of a job. Um, but it looks incredibly expensive, right? Of course, yeah, for sure. Like it, it blows my mind to think that how much they're giving to you for a six ninety nine pass mm. for a whole family, you know. And they're putting it out there for free because I'm not because it's basically it's only on Disney Plus is to promote that service. Mm -hmm. And so it's only on there. But uh, yeah, they're estimated. Bob Iger said that it was oh, about one hundred million dollars for the first season, Oh, which works out to be about 15 million dollars per episode that oh. they spent filming that show. Oh, and I think I just kind of right. My heart stopped for a second <laughs> just thinking about that much money. <laughs> I think how much pressure there is too, just like not fi just financially, but the the fan base is so particular about so many things that I would be nervous about messing things up. Oh, absolutely. You know, oh, oh it would be such a terrifying movie to work on for that reason alone, right? Um, like, I'd be like, walk if even if I was just an extra in the background, I'd be like, was that walk okay? Do I look <laughs> all right? 
you know <laughs> i'm walking all stiff armed through the background you know they're like yeah. what are you doing back there you're ruining star wars <laughs> i thought this is the way they walk uh, is this, this is the how they, the alien walks how walk. <laughs> um they also said one of the complete benefits and i don't know if it was planned this way or if it just happened to work out but one of the benefits is that you know mando is completely in the really shiny armor yeah and that rather than having a green reflection on them i guess but mm -hmm. it's actual reflections of what's going on around him sure gets you can see it in the armor yeah which changes the scenes from scene to scene that he's in and totally true when you go yeah. back and watch it you're like yep it really does work that way that is <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> it's uh back in the day i was big fan of watching uh i doubt you've probably watched it but the chronicles of narnia series that disney put out um no there was a movie right there were three okay. um and it, there the first one was the lion the witch and the wardrobe which i was a big fan of and in that they have a lot of characters that are wearing armor yeah and uh they were you know out uh, filming in New Zealand, which is where everything is filmed these days, apparently. Huh. Um, and they were like, the great thing about being out here instead of in a studio on a green screen is that when they're wearing this reflective armor, we're getting the reflection of, like you said, actual oh, scenery yeah. versus green screen. Because then even when you're not filming something in the background, you have to worry about what's reflecting off the armor. And, yeah, you know, that kind point. of stuff. So not having a bright green screen pent <laughs> screen everywhere, uh, they, they're they able to eliminate a lot of trouble, I think. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's So maybe knowing that they had that problem once before, that they, they probably, I wonder if they did that on purpose so that they can use the full advantage of the screen. Hmm. And didn't you say that there was one that they had like, they were doing the you, the reflection was so great that you could see the camera crew. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that's that's the other problem with reflective surfaces on screen is that if you do a close up and you can see the camera in the reflection, you know that's always an issue that I'm sure they have to work out with the Mandalorian too. He's got shiny armor that they do close ups on all the time. So yeah, I'm sure they're trying to they they have ways of working around that so they're not shooting them themselves in his armor <laughs> that's crazy all these new things you had to work on when you're filming new shows like this yeah that's pretty fun they did say though that the falcon and the winter soldier wandavision and hawkeye each that are being worked on right now for disney plus right yeah they're estimated at 25 million dollars an episode oh which is going to come put each series about 150 to 200 million dollars for two seasons See, this is what I'm finding really interesting about this is we've been concerned about the death of the movie theater in our modern society. Yeah. Um, partially because it's a concern if the quality of films is going to suffer because they can't make the money back uh, right. by releasing in theater and things like that. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of Netflix movies filmed on like a couch and a pair of and sure. a string of lights. <laughs> But I feel like Disney is really pushing the market to say you have to put out high quality stuff or you're just going to fall behind Yeah, is what it's turning into. Um, Disney also announced that they're releasing Soul directly oh, right. to Disney Plus, which, you know, has been a movie that people have been excited about ever since they teased it. Yeah. 
And so we saw that preview right after we saw the um, Onward preview, I think, right? Yeah. Didn't we see them both at about the same time? I think so. Oh, it seems so long ago. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> lifetime ago at this point. Remember we used to watch previews in a movie theater? Remember when it being, being in a movie theater? Uh, so I think what we're try- what we're going to see now is really what are these streaming services going to do to justify their presence? And does that mean that their pricing is going to go up because mm. they're releasing these first run movies and then these really high end TV show types deals on their platforms? Yeah, that's a really good point that they're going to have secondary package pricing and they're they all- already do already doing it. Mm-hmm. But we knew that that was going to happen. Legitimately, when they said they were releasing Mulan on Disney+, Plus, yep. you and I both said there's no way they're just going to give it to everybody who has Disney+. Plus. I'm still waiting to see it, y'all. I still haven't seen it either. We, but We got patches waiting and a whole right. topic to discuss. <laughs> um, so, you know, we knew that there was going to be secondary pricing for these first-run kind of films. Yeah. And I wonder how long will it be until everybody starts doing that? Well, quite honestly, even when they were discussing The Mandalorian and I was like, really? They're putting that dire- out directly to, like, it's a series for that? Like, that felt yeah. to me like it was a, uh, it's not called Bait and Switch. What's it called when they, like, they, they kept, anyway, like, where they, I was like, I feel like they're just doing this to, to reel Lure us in, in. And then they're going to give us, the, then they're going to be like, oh, if you want to continue watching The Mandalorian, it's going to be an extra $25 a month. Mm. Um, which they also had to worry about reputation in so, some sorts. Yeah. People are already... Uh, coming to the end of their rope with these additional charges. Well, right. You know? The whole idea of these streaming services was that you were going to get rid of cable and their weird setups of you get this channel, but not this channel and yeah. pay this much and you get these channels. Oh, it's so bad. And now it's turning into that again with just streaming services. You mm-hmm. have your Netflix, your Hulu, your Hulu plus your Disney plus, you know, you have all these extra streaming services now where if you pay us more, you get better. Yeah, I heard somebody say the other day that the only way they can continually watch them is to basically rotate them through. Like they'll have Netflix. When Netflix is having some sort of promotion, I don't know if they even do that anymore. But no they'll do like they'll sign up for them for a period of time and yeah. then watch everything that's available on there, which can be really, I can see where they're coming from on this. Yeah. And then they cancel it. And then a few months later, when things come back on or a new series comes back on, then you subscribe again for a period of time. For sure. And then get rid of it. And you're like, I hate to be that. Like, I don't want to put the, I don't want to have to put that much effort into it. I just want it to be on the, you know, on my Roku at all times. And that's you know? why they love you because you don't cancel right. and come back. I try, but passwords, oh, passwords, nightmare. No, but I think, I think that's the exact problem, right? Is that it's turning into a thing where not everybody just has the disposable income to be like, sure, we'll sign up for everything constantly. And, you know, there was a show we wanted to watch the other day that wasn't on one of our streaming services. And I'm like, that's it. We're not watching it then because I am not getting another streaming service. That's oh, getting no way. out of control. And we don't even have the Apple TV. And what are the other ones that just came out that I don't even know of? Oh, I don't know. There's so many that you're just like, Sorry, folks. <laughs> it feels like it feels like every local news station has their own streaming service now that they want you to subscribe to. And it's getting to the point now where you really do have to say, is this worth it? Is this not worth it? Can I live without this? 
you know, and make those decisions. And I think it's only a matter of time before somebody lands a humongous deal of being a streaming service provider and you get to choose between these streaming services for this much a month and you have access to all these services. Right. And then we'll just be back at cable again. Then we're back at cable again. So, you know, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, but I just like the Mandalorian, the mix of the two, the the cutting oh, edge right. technology. We're talking about the Mandalorian. Right. <laughs> I got all ranty Let's, there for a second. Sorry. But but I just like the mix of, of the real life practical stuff and the old like with a vintage vibe about it, but yeah. it looks incredibly modern. The love rubber it. masks. Yeah. I, I hate to say that I love them as much as I do, but I love the rubber masks. I love the the creatures in the background, you know, that probably don't have any function of face at all but it's right. just something real in the background yeah. i love there's it. a lot of it in there yeah. it is funny when we go to the parks and we see things that are made in the park i'm like that's incredible how do they even make that and you're like oh this is so simple compared to what it takes to make a movie yeah you're like yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> so if just you're not already watching parts. the mandalorian you should probably look into it if you have disney plus if you've decided to take the dive onto disney plus yeah uh otherwise it's like i always say if i was in a star wars movie i would love to be a rubber mask creature follow my perfectly sculpted two-finger point to the exit if you enjoyed today's podcast rate review us on your favorite podcast app and if you didn't Help us do better by buying a patch at DisneyPatch.com. Always be proud of what makes you unique, and we'll see you next time on the Obscure Disney Podcast. <laughs>